I had a cold open ready for this, but I've changed my mind because, because I, do you know someone that takes like a couple minutes to go to the bathroom and come back? Uh, like by a couple minutes, do you mean that is a long time or a short time? A short time, like less than 10 minutes. Yeah. They like go to the bathroom and finish up and are back to whatever you were doing in like five, six minutes. I would say you are one of the few people I know who like has to like make a goddamn Google calendar event out of it. See, I don't (laughs) understand (laughs) what is wrong with my body that like, or like, do I just did, have I just never understood the go-to process of going to the restroom because I feel like, okay. The process of the restroom going is there's that first big guy. And then there's like, like, (laughs) you're really going to start the podcast out with this. Listen, okay. So like, cause here's, cause here's where I thought, here's here's my thinking. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking, I'm sorry. Like, go ahead. I go, I go to the restroom. There's the first, like primary reason why I went to the bathroom. And then there's all the follow-up, the follow-up pieces. And then there's the cleanup and then there's the hand-washing and then there's coming out. Do people just stop after that first piece? And then like, even though they know that there's more in their body, they're like, well, let's wait. Cause that's the only, that's the only, (laughs) that's the only thing that makes sense to me that like people can legitimately go to the restroom in like five, six minutes. Like they sit down, drop one piece, wipe and go. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand how people go to the bathroom so fast. How long do these things take to pass? Like it, it it's, I don't know. We have like, it's, I, I don't know if it's dietary or something, but like, you know, yeah, I go in, I do my business. I sometimes when I like, you know, I'm I'm like in the middle of a podcast or something, and I'm I'm just like I have headphones on. I'm like I'll I'll just stay listening, or I'm like playing a game on my phone or something. You know, I'll make I'll I'll, I'll take some time with it. I don't get any more or less out. I'm just like chilling. I'm just like sitting there, just mm-hmm. like passing time, or, or like at work. Perfect example. Like I don't really feel like <laughs> yeah. going to work, or you know. And well, so dude, the joy of getting paid to go to the bathroom is one of the greatest. Uh, of course, joys yeah. Of modern but, America, but I'm no more thorough <laughs> for the long trips than the short ones. It's not. No, that's not. What I I, I always thought that it you just you know enjoyed taking your time. You light a little candle. You have like. You know, no, you have your like I am, I'm like working this entire time, buddy. <laughs> I don't. Might be dietary, I don't get it. Like, don't it's not even like it's not even like it's I mean, consistently coming out, but like <laughs> I can feel it. I know it's there, and so I'm working on it. Uh, this might be an area where being a vegetarian has its advantages. You just like you know, you oh, yeah, vegetarian ample, ample fiber. You guys. You guys the nah. people who primarily eat vegetables have yeah. the most non-solid 
droppings. Let's uh, let's start the episode before we uh, before we lose our entire listener base. Listen, I'm speaking truth <laughs> to the world. <laughs> Man, I it just blows my it blows my mind. I don't understand. I don't get it. I'm, I don't know. I mean, are you a, are you more than one time a day guy? I am. I'm an extremely erratic. Well, okay. So the lactose intolerance factors into this, right? Like, sure. It might be like, you know, like I have my ice cream for dessert, which uh, despite being lactose intolerant, I love ice cream and I just deal with the consequences. And so I'll go and then I'll go like, you know, 15, 20 minutes later. And, and, you know, but like, I'm, there's no movement in between. There's no, like, I, I'm not going to accomplish anything else by just staying there. Uh-huh. But do you, like, in a given, like, 24 to 30 hour period? That's also a little erratic. Sometimes it'll be one, sometimes it'll be, like, you know, twice in, like, an afternoon or evening, but that'll be, like, a couple hours in between, and you know, mm. when I finish, I feel like I've said my piece and I move on. I've made my closing right. statement. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's wild. <laughs> hey, you know <laughs> what? Everybody's body is different. I'm, I'm not going to poop shame you on this podcast. That's fine. I'm not shamed. I'm, I'm not ashamed of <laughs> this situation. Just... I've been living this. This has been my truth for 36 years. <laughs> it's just, it's just just it's so interesting to me so like because like i used to get really distracted because like i'd be playing like game boy yeah of course and so like it would be like a 30 minute like adventure but and so like i've felt proud of myself for getting it to like (laughs) under 20 oh wow but but i know that there are in this situation well it's just like it'll be like 15 18 minutes i'm like cool (laughs) <laughs> like it's like a half of a pat on my back. You, uh, but you, then, you, you, but you like I know that there are people with the stopwatch. The way that uh, you know, like the shower situation. Well, I mean, I know what time my pod starts, and so like, <laughs> I got home at twelve fifty nine, and I was ready to go, and I was starting up my computer at like one nineteen. So like. I'm feeling good. No, you were, you then, were extremely like, prompt based on the, the the time that you you let me know that it was going to take. It was it was very precise. Yeah, because like I'm good at what I do. Like I know what <laughs> I do this every day. <laughs> I, oh man, it's just it's like anyway, it just conceptually baffles me. And I know that there's a lot of people out there, pro- apparently majority, but like there's a lot of people that like can go and take care of the business in like six, seven minutes. It just, I feel like that's too much stuff in, in such a short amount of time. <laughs> anyway, what are we doing here? Yeah, we started with uh, 14 listeners. We'll see what we're at now. talk 
about things that were hyped on that apparently including the <laughs> curiosity now is that now, that, now that we're done with our number two talk, topic let's move on to number one comic books um, so yeah we've got a great show here tonight oh by the way my name's steve and well <laughs> we're the hosts we talk about comic books that was the that greatest intro thank you so I, much you know you really given me a lot to think about today good you're gonna go and see how long it takes you're gonna start timing rachel and be like babe that no. was a long time <laughs> you feeling okay absolutely not if you want if you if you want me to make a spreadsheet for my own self you know, if, if you're if you're conducting a study on the on the strength of our friendship, I will do that for you. But I will not subject Rachel to this. She's never going to hear about this conversation. Well, she's hearing it from the other room, but only half of it. She doesn't listen to our pod. No, Sorry, my <laughs> wife doesn't. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this week on Hype is My Superpower we have some more Krakoa era X-Men. We've got Reign of X volume 12, uh, volumes 12 through 14, which encompasses an event we were both extremely excited for, the Hellfire Gala. Gala? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pronounce it 17 different ways this this podcast and there's nothing you can do to stop me. I don't know how it's supposed to be pronounced. The Gala. <laughs> the Gala. The Gala. Yeah. Anything you want to say before we go? Should we jump right into it? Expectations going into it before the I I really liked how this was structured. Yeah, me too. It was really cool how I mean it started with Marauders, which I guess makes sense because that's the like Hellfire group. But like the way it started with like from the perspective of the hosts. Yeah, like Emma Frost perspective and then it jumping to the end and everyone being like that was a doozy uh, you know it's, it's a big house I hope you can keep it clean kind of a yeah. kind of a situation and then you're like well what happened and every issue you read is a different perspective and a different aspect of what was revealed from the event but then also the side conversations and what's going on outside or inside and like that was that was a lot of fun yeah, that was a lot of fun. I like it. Yeah, the 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 way that it all the the one thing that did become kind of a bummer is that you ended up seeing some books didn't have access to their own characters for like kind of big character moments, mm-hmm. like the Richter Shatterstar conversation happened in oh. Excalibur, not in um, X Factor. Carmen and I Boy happened in Children of the Atom, not in X Factor. Duck Hen and Wild Child happened in Hellions and not in X Factor. This I think <laughs> I think that makes be, Yeah, all of these make sense on their own. But it it's a uh X X Factor in particular got the short end of the straw there. But that's fine. Yeah, I think I think I think it makes sense from the perspective of showing it from the the lesser popular character for lack of a better phrase mm-hmm. the more well the more established character uh can be presented as the like the foil yeah 
yeah, the fo- the foil or like I was I can't say mentor because not all of them are <laughs> mentor situations, yeah. but like the the cameo. It's okay for them to be the cameo because we don't need to know as much about them. Yeah. But yeah, it was there's when you have a nation like Krakoa, there's and and you have the rosters that you do. Yes. There's gonna there's gonna be that kind of stuff going on. So how do you how do you want to just go issue to issue or do you want to go like through the event or how do you want how do you want to look at this? Let's go let's go with issue issue to issue like we have in the past. I'm just pulling up. Okay. So we'd start with Marauders 21 then? Uh yeah. Okay. With Emma Frost's first of three <laughs> dresses, costumes, outfits. So fabulous. Yes. And by the way, at the end of this, we're going to do a uh, a, a runway critique, a little fashion show, breakdown. Uh we're gonna do our best Joan and Melissa Rivers for for, for the listeners here. We're gonna we're gonna talk through, you know. What worked, what didn't, what we liked, what, and so on. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a special issue. It's like a fashion issue. Yeah, it's the official guide to the Hellfire Gala, and it has a bunch of uh, artist drawings, sketches of all the different of many of the outfits that we saw at the Hellfire Gala, and we'll uh, be responding to those. Yes. Yeah. So you know the it, this kind of like. You know, you see the pieces in place, the um, the cast of the Marauders kind of overseeing the the event, you know, uh, Emma as hostess welcoming people. You've got members of X-Force with the, the suits and earpieces ready for security and so on. And then uh, the attendees start arriving. I should also point the very first page is the agenda. Oh, Yes. This actually is a really this I'm really glad they put published this because it was a really good way to like we said all of the titles kind of have different events throughout the night that are kind of like jumbled around together and you're kind of jumping from moment to moment it's really it's really helpful to know to have this sort of guide as to when things are happening in relation to each other throughout the night but yeah, so with the agenda, we have it starting at uh, 7 p.m. That's when the gate the gate doors open, gates open at 7 p.m. Then you have a cocktail hour, a telepathic concert, which is super interesting. Dinner, introduction of the new X-Men, the heroes of Krakoa. So this is like a, kind of like the first internationally public team that the X-Men have had since the creation of Krakoa. Yeah, they decided, well... Cyclops and Jean decided that they needed to to make to, they needed to be superheroes. That they part of the winning the PR battle, the hearts and minds with the the human population is to have you know recognizable public superheroes again. Mm-hmm. And then celebration and dancing, and, closing and, remarks, and the 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 roster of the team has been a big like who's going to be on, who's not going to be on. You know, there was yeah. a, there was an actual real world public vote for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they simulated, you know, simulated that through a, a vote on Krakoa. Yep. And then a celebration dancing and then closing remarks from Emma and then a fireworks display, which <laughs> should have been in quotation marks. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. I yeah. I thought it was, I thought they were going to reveal it at the Hellfire Gala. I didn't know they were going to do it at the Hellfire Gala. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We'll get Holy there. Holy shit. But yeah, so first issue. 
You have Sebastian Shaw. Sebastian Shaw still is still in a wheelchair. And we have Emma's greeting outfit. And then Kate in her regular outfit or her gala outfit. Yeah. And and yeah, so the attendees start arriving and we've got Avengers, Cap, Thor, Captain Marvel, Ghost Rider, Blade, She-Hulk. We've got Fantastic Four, a little chilly there in terms, you know, just with everything that's been happening with Franklin Richards lately. Iron Man shows up and and is uh, very too tech security conscious to use the Krakoan gates. He's going to prefer to fly around everywhere because the flower, he doesn't know what the tech is. He doesn't trust it, you know, kind of setting up the uh, the general attitude of distrust towards mutants dr doom shows up contingents of ambassadors from the uk showing up alongside madripoor and russia who are the the two most uh outwardly anti krakoan nations that will become a, a plot point later and then a bunch of celebrities both real world and marvel you've got J. jonah jameson pat oswalt etc yeah there's going to be attendees who I feel like I should recognize. Yeah. I, <laughs> and there's, yeah. A, there's a, a guest list that Marvel published of, of real world celebrities. Uh, I oh, read cool. through it and some of them, as I saw them, I was like, oh yeah. Okay. And some of them I, I didn't notice at all, which is fine. Somebody, somebody from AIM shows up. I don't know this guy, but Gene uh, greets them and says, nice to see you again. Yeah, I don't know that one either. And and then uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange, <laughs> Doctor Strange, shows up and says, "Finally, I am underdressed." <laughs> In the the initial greeting between Professor X and Reed Richards, Reed whispers something to to Chuck and walks away stone faced, and they seem to continue to be on terrible terms, but we don't know what he said. Mm -hmm. And like Reed's whole thing is he's suspicious of Xavier pooling together all of the Omega level mutants as quickly as possible. He probably ought to also be suspicious of Xavier wearing a helmet that covers his eyes, you know, so quickly after ultimate Reed Richards did the same thing. This also being... Yeah, this also being a comic book written by Jonathan uh, by Jonathan Hickman. Reed knows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually curious if 616 Reed knows that the maker of the maker. Oh, really? They didn't ever the maker face Maker's off? been an antagonist to the group called the Ultimates. Yeah. He's shown up in other like Oh, he, sh- he showed up with like Venom. And the symbiote stuff. And he's been researching symbiotes, especially symbiotes from other dimensions. See, I thought I thought he was involved. I thought I remembered him involved in Secret Wars and being an antagonist during the the sort of time runs out era. Oh and, and maybe I will know in the next even, coming weeks. Maybe but. they even <laughs> cross paths in the Council of Reeds or something. No. Oh, they didn't. Ultimate Reed okay. didn't know about the Council of Reeds until uh, recently. Okay, interesting. And he is 
His, so he is applying to join the Council of Reeds. No. And he Ooh. is doing so by proving that he can revive the ultimate universe. Okay. And that was a hilarious, the fact that I'm saying side plot, that was a side plot <laughs> from a Venom book. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, like, it's easy to just write in that 616 read has been monitoring the actions of the maker, but I don't actually know sure. from my own current memory if they yeah. know about each other. Okay, fair enough. But from my memory that I do know of these two is Reed's whole situation. Reed's whole problem with Xavier is that he was pushing so hard to get Franklin onto Krakoa. Right. And Reed was like, I have no problem with Franklin going to Krakoa when yeah. he chooses to go. Right. What bothers me is you seem to be on a timetable. And I don't mm. like that. Yeah. And that was his whole thing. Right. And Xavier all but acknowledged that there is a timetable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then just like change the subject. So whatever's going on here is yeah. absolute. It has yet to pay off, and I'm so excited to see what happens. They're also referencing the revelation here that Franklin is is not a mutant after all, right? Yes. Yeah. His powers made him register as a mutant because he wanted to be one. That's <laughs> so cool. <laughs> and he's like, you know, and him, him and uh, Kitty or. or Kate Pride, you know, obviously longtime friends. And he's like, I thought you'd be disappointed or angry. And uh, yeah, just says everything works out in the end. So that's cool that that continues on. Yeah. And then we've Kate's got... maturity is amazing. Oh, I, love it. I mean, she learned from the best, the best being Storm. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so we've got this concert, which is they brought in a real, real deep cut here. Oh, really? Yeah, this character, Rhapsody, real name uh, or human name, Rachel Argosy, uh, first appeared in X Factor number 79 in June 1992. That was Peter David's first X Factor run. Hmm. Yeah. She was a music teacher in Maine who turned out to be a mutant, first exhibited her mutation at age 20, and a bunch of anti-mutant parents had her fired. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so there was a, a big, you know, like to do. And then she was in the background in some of the um, the stuff going on in San Francisco, the the clash, uh, that the big mutants rights protest in San Francisco during the you know right before the Utopia era, during the uh, Manifest Destiny era. And then yeah, now now she's here. She's playing this concert. She her powers are. The wiki calls it psychosonic conduction slash reality warping. Usually achieved <laughs> through playing her own violin, she could manifest various effects, including mind warping and flight. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, that explains what she's doing here, doing her uh, single string solo, creating a symphony. And it's so cool. The, I, I love creative uses of telepathy like this because it's not only an audio concert. They have telepaths projecting the experience of what it's like to be a virtuosic musician. And so you're uh -huh. getting like an experiential concert as well. So cool. So cool. <laughs> it really but, is. But man. Doom has no place for it whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, Doom refuses to take place or take uh take part. Yeah. So the you know the 
the the audience's reactions are you know based entirely on how much they like or hate mutants dolores the um the cia agent uh in charge of the x desk monitoring krakoa uh-huh. who's shown herself to be an ally she says it's incredible the uh the uk ambassador says it's a cheap stunt etc that's the telepathic concert yeah and then they are breaking for dinner and somewhere in that transition emma goes and puts on her second costume (laughs) yeah this is this is one of her undocumented mutant powers passion the the, the quick change Gambling, gambling between the members of the Marauders and the AIM guy and the thing is very angry to be left out. Sean Cassidy shows up and yep. mentions that he got two invitations from Emma. Oh. Uh, one being the Hellfire Gala and the other one we don't know. And she's like, hey, if you're going to give me bad news about something, not tonight. Yeah. Tell me later. That's right. Uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Doom and Cap have a little standoff that's a lot of fun. <laughs> I think, I'm guessing this is uh, Luke and Danny, but it might be celebrities watching right? and saying they they're going to feel like throw... Luke and Danny, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> saying they're going to throw hands, then we're about to see some elder abuse. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, they kind of, you know... Emma manages to cool the situation, and then uh, a Shi'ar ambassador comes in at the worst possible time and says, uh, congratulations to the mutants for conquering your Earth. <laughs> She's like, ah, uh, uh, about that, about that. Camp Doom has a hearty team. laugh, yeah. <laughs> but he's got a gift for them, which will be revealed later. Yeah, so... A lot of this, we have um, this UK ambassador continuing to pal around with the ambassadors from Madripoor and Russia. Emma continues to just kind of like walk the party, greet everybody, play the hostess, including towards these uh, the the Kid Hellfire Club members. Yeah, Cade Kilgore and Wilhelmina. They're they're the freakiest group of of sadistic children I've ever seen in comics. We've got some more Wilhelmina coming later. So let's put a pin yeah. in that. And, and Wilhelmina catches the eyes of the cuckoos and they go to work. Oh. We don't see the effects of it later, but they, uh, you know, with their creepy five in one stare, little hive mind. Yeah. yeah. They say, make her remember something and we'll find out what that is later. So yeah, big group scene, bunch of celebrity sightings here. Conan O'Brien, Prince Harry, Alex Morgan and Megan Rapinoe from the US women's soccer team, Seth Meyers. Those are the only ones that I picked out. Seth the, by the way, this was not Seth Meyers, apparently not Seth Meyers' first appearance in 616. Really? Yeah, apparently you probably read this, so I'm going to read this synopsis from you and see if it registers for you. Uh, When Manhattan was temporarily invaded by an army of creatures from Monster Metropolis led by Shikla, Myers was eaten by a monster who took over his show. Oh, yeah, that checks out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, I was just talking about Shikla on my Twitch the other day. I miss Shikla. Yeah. Let's see, Henry Peter Garrich oh. is here. Alpha Flight's here. 
I love they, this scene. Yes, go for it. Emma picks up on some attraction from Cap towards her, and she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Kate's like, you're you're kidding me, right? He's everything that you are not. Yeah, he likes baseball me? games. He wore the same <laughs> uniform for a century. He drinks milk. <laughs> she's like, yeah, but, you know, it could be fun to just, oh, oh. I remind him of his mother. <laughs> she was born at the turn of the last century. I need a drink. Kate says, you have one. Oh my gosh. That is, that is like the most emotion we've ever seen on Emma's, on Emma's face in so years. <laughs> Except for when Kate died. Uh, that's true. <laughs> I really enjoy this Emma Kate friendship really getting to to blossom and and them yeah. being, you know cuz man it's, it's, we've we've it's talked organic. about this on yeah, oh yeah they it's, re- it's, it's realistic they have it's, gone it's, yeah. through this shit together and they've gone so far we've talked about this on previous pods I know but like it I I love to see it honored like all of that yeah. history yeah mhm so the inner circle are meeting up. Yeah. Along and, with, and everybody who, who, you know, was most instrumental in making the, this day happen. So that includes Jumbo Carnation, the fashion designer and Saucier, the chef <laughs> um, and Callisto, who I forget exactly what her role in this was, but I know that she was. She's the white the, bishop. That's right. Yeah. She was She's big in the lead up to this. Yeah. And then you have a flash. Uh, so she leads a toast. She says, tonight, uh, Emma leads the toast, says, tonight we'll bring this entire world together. And then we have a flash forward, and all the humans the are, the party. are like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. every, so the, everyone is leaving. Uh, the party starts at seven. Yeah. Everyone's leaving just after midnight. And everyone's just like, um, Excuse me? Yeah. The F? And, and I need to talk to the officials. I need... Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> the business people selling, sell the entire portfolio. You know, ambassadors saying, like, you know, we need to talk to, you know, our higher-ups, the president, tell, tell you know, tell people I, I need to report on this immediately. And then uh, ambassador from Brazil says, uh, for what it's worth, I think what you've done is wonderful. Emma says, speak your mind in her third dress, by the way. And the ambassador <laughs> says, you will galvanize humanity in a way it never was t- uh, to confront the threat posed by mutant kind. <laughs> <laughs> so something happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's that. And then, yeah. yeah. And then like on this last page, you just have yeah. like magic who has spent time being trained in magic by Dr. Strange. Yeah. And she's like, well, what do you think? Huh? 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 And he's like, listen, <laughs> I don't want to be an asshole, but uh, give me some time to figure out what I really want to say about this. Like, yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> and you have Cyclops and Cap just being like, well, and, he's like, and Cap's just kind of like, dude, like they're, they're I, having their, yeah. their, 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 they're having their, you know, like white bread, eye to eye handshake yeah. moment here. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And just like conceptually we're, we're learning from conversations, just like the mutants made a huge flex. 
yep. on humanity. Yep. And the rest of the world has to react to this. And we're sitting here minutes after their big reveal. And it's like, you have the superhero community, you have the magic community, you have the <laughs> political community. Yeah. Like all of them are just being like, listen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, like, is, this is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. You brought us here in the spirit of friendship and then you pulled something crazy on us. Everybody's leaving. Yeah. Everybody, you know, there's nobody fighting. Everybody's leaving on, you know, on safe terms, including the people who had shown themselves to be enemies. But and it's like, how do you expect me to react? Yeah. Did you also get the backup story here? Of yes. um, yeah. So this was initially the the X Men did a very obnoxious thing for a long time. They ran a reprint series called Classic X Men of like most of the first half of the Claremont run, but they put backup stories in all of them that were canon. And then would mm. like reference those backup stories and they became like, you know, part of the overall uh, over and texture. And so yeah. in my reading, I actually skip most of these. So I don't know these. Oh, so I'm going to need to go back. And I know oh, I, they weren't, <laughs> they weren't initially presented to me. Okay. But uh-huh. uh, yeah. So this was, this was new to me and this was interesting. We get kind of an origin story for, Sebastian Shaw's arrival as it sort of full takeover of the Hellfire Club. It used to be, yeah, used to be a human, human high led. society club, and Shaw started seeding. You know, was born into privilege and power and all that. Was also a mutant. Started seeding membership with mutants like Emma Frost, Harry Leland. Meanwhile, he's making deals with the industrialists at the uh, the Hellfire Club to kind of get behind the uh, Sentinel program and make sure that he <laughs> isn't targeted by it, he and his inner circle. Uh-huh. And then a Sentinel comes. It, this is So this was a previous gala, Hellfire gala, right? He's there with his um, girlfriend, Lourdes Chantal, and then a Sentinel attacks. Lourdes is presumed dead, and this is the inciting incident for Sebastian Shaw to do his full takeover, kill all of the um, all of the human members of the Hellfire the hum- Club. Yep, and and do do the takeover in earnest. Yeah, wild, crazy stuff. Yeah, it, it's kind of it's fun. So I like the placing of this mm. because it's the first. You know, 21st century Kirkcoen Hellfire. Yes. And it's mutant run. And then you go and you get this little flashback of like, well, let's look at the first mutant kind of run (laughs) Hellfire, Hellfire Gala. And it's this, it's this, it's, I mean, it's a story of tragedy. It is. You have a mixed society of humans and mutants. And then a sentinel shows up to that only attacks mutants. And then, and you're like, okay, well, this is, this isn't going to work anymore. And so the mutants are like, okay, we need to take over. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So that's, that was, that was I, w- I don't want to say fun, I guess, entertaining, Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was well-placed. So next up is X-Force. Oh boy. Yeah. X-Force 20. X-Force being the like black ops team, the, uh, the, um, <laughs> the team of mutants who do the things that the public shouldn't know about. Right. And again, the whole gala story is jumping around. So we had this flash forward 
in the pages of Marauders, and now everything else is kind of filling in the blanks of what happened. Yeah. I mean, it's five hours night. of yeah. big stuff. And yeah. so th- all the other issues have timestamps on their scenes, which yeah. is really cool. Yes. So like somebody could tear up all of the scenes and put them in chronological Make order if they wanted chronological. to. Yeah. yeah. That'd be an interesting like, Dude, Honestly, yeah. like this is like eight different titles, like the coordination on this. Yeah. Because also all of these issues came out in the same month. Yep. That's, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Just from a organizational, like absolutely level corporation yeah. level from Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, editorially, this must have editorial. Been a huge that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got Quentin Choir doing mental checks. Yeah, you get the fuller v- version of the scene between Choir and Tony about uh, the flower and you know psychic, you know, and tech security. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's annoyed, but whatever. Logan is sent to go deal with the Shiar delivery that they brought. Uh, that was referenced in uh, Marauders. Yeah, and it turns out to be a pile of logic diamonds, which cool. All right, <laughs> whatever that is, sounds right? sweet. Looks expensive. And then you have a group of of five ambassadors oh, from no. from Terra Verde. It's just pissed me the fuck off. Yeah. And, and whoa. <laughs> yeah, so Terra Verde yeah. is the country that was going to be one of the leaders in, well, Terra, Terra Floronics or any anyway, uh, biotech yeah. <laughs> using, using Let's plant and technology. Yes. And Krakoa shot up in the ranks and basically made Terra Verde start making drastic untested experiments and well they it, took they basically took over the entire nation as a way to protect their own pat- patents like yeah and it, it went it tremendously fucked up it it was terrible but then we found out that the technology went awry because of beast yes and that was the last we saw of terra verde was like the revelation that beast was involved <laughs> and that it was like a memo from beast being like listen I made the decisions that had to be made. And you're like, okay, buddy, excuse me, hiccups. And you're like, okay, buddy. And then now we have these five ambassadors from Terra Verde and Sage and Domino are like, this is not right. And Beast is like, they're here with me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing. And and the ambassadors are li- literally stuffed to the gills with plant tech it is controlling them it is crawling out of their eyeballs it is so creepy yeah yeah and beast is like yeah they're they're with me don't don't worry about it look past this and everyone else <laughs> is like this is fucked <sighs> yeah we've got big dance party scene that uh <laughs> we've got forearm as the dj i think <laughs> it looks like it yeah <laughs> which is amazing right <laughs> i've never been under the impression that he has a musical sense but right <laughs> but as far four, as using four arms one's would powers, help you exactly be a dj <laughs> cut twice as many records and so these uh terra verde ambassadors are going you know shaking hands and they're the plant tech is spreading mm-hmm 
Beast is eating creepy looking eyeball things. Like <laughs> they are doing their best to to make him be just absolutely villain coded in every possible step and situation. Yeah. You also had like a quick psychic conversation between uh Beast and Xavier. Xavier being like, Beast, what are you doing? And <laughs> and Beast just being like, listen. You told me specifically not to tell you what I'm doing as long as I get results. Have I been getting results? Yes. Then don't ask. Jeez. It's like, okay, Beast. This All is right, not, Beast. This is not. This is not. Oh, God. See, this is why the security state can only ever be evil. And there's no way to put a good person in charge of these types of power. Anyway. Yeah. And so... Then you get this memo about what Beast is doing. Oh, the memos, and he's yes. like, listen, thanks to Terra Verde's tech, I can keep an eye on Terra Verde and make sure I have a handle, uh, like a, an, uh, an ear to the ground of everything that they're doing. So why stop there? <laughs> why, not have, why not have a mole in every government in Avengers Mountain at the Baxter building? It, like all... all like in in Hydra, in AIM, in the Friends of Humanity, in in the Redeemers, like <laughs> he's he's thinking a bit beyond yeah. where he should be, <laughs> and, and it's so condescending too. He's saying, you know, like what if what if God existed and pl- promised to protect the world? Most people would fall to their knees and bring their hands together in prayer of gratitude, and they would say thank you, and we are loved. But if you change the scenario even slightly and swap, they say swap out the celestial figure with a certain blue furred mutant, then suddenly everyone is opposed and quote because most people are stupid and illogical hashtag not my beast man fuck this i'm (laughs) i am all the way with you this (laughs) oh man this is dark beast this is this is not this is not our 616 henry mccoy i mean i'm sure it is because editorially you can just you know have any character do anything as long as they uh they fulfill the, you know, the, the function within your story, Uh but like to try to, to try to meet you in the middle. Yeah. Has beast died yet on Krakoa? No, I don't believe so. I don't believe he's, I don't believe he's ever. Oh yes, he has. Oh yes. yes. Sage killed him. Oh yeah. I mean, that was really recent, but I'm trying to give you an out where like something with either the Krakoan gates, because remember yeah. every mutant that walks through the Krakoan gates gets taught the Krakoan alphabet. Yeah. Psychically. Yeah. <laughs> so the anarcho primitives were right. Language is the, the root of all downfall of civilization <laughs> and the human species. So <laughs> maybe the either at Mora's behest or Charles Magneto and Apocalypse deciding that this is this is what needs to happen. When they taught Beast the Krakoan alphabet, they took, they removed like his morality. <sighs> yeah, I mean, something like wrong. along the lines of like when Layla brought back Strong Guy. Yeah, she was this like, is, "Listen, this, when I revive is, someone, they don't have a soul." <laughs> I mean, this it's it really is that level. Hmm. I've. I mean, I've been upset about beast for quite some time i know and i have been too but i and and it's like you know i i thought up till now it's like okay this is just hard man doing hard job 
type, <laughs> you know, like that trope. I, I feel like that trope is pretty overplayed, but like, you know, the, the decisions that I make have these ramifications. I have to take morality out of it, blah, blah, blah. The, the, it's, it's blah. It's, it's annoying, but it's it's a, a common trope, and I thought that's just what was going on. But this is a step too far, even for that. Yeah, like just saying, well, most people are stupid, so I should just do what I want. Like, yeah, that was that was a little bit ex- more extreme than I thought they were going to go. Yeah, I mean, at that point, at that point, he's like trying to convince himself. I feel like, yeah, maybe. And then we have an infiltrator coming to the Cocoan Island or the yeah, uh, Deadpool Deadpool with a, Deadpool with a rubber ducky up. floaty. <laughs> He's like, hey, I wanted to go too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hurts my feelings that I wasn't invited to this party. And he's, he's like, I'm a mutant. Wolverine's like, no, you're not. And he's like, then I'm an honorary mutant. <laughs> uh, Wolverine says, this is a diplomatic summit, not a keg party. And so they fight it out, you know, during or fight scene. And that's fun. Yeah. And then, so while that's, while Logan's trying to deal with Deadpool. Yeah. Emma goes and checks up on Sage. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I feel bad for Sage because she's she's a woman in the chair, but right, she's she a had, cool character. Yeah, she was like the one thing, the one good thing that came out of Extreme X Men. <laughs> she had an outfit made for her for the gala as well, yeah. and she's wearing it, but she didn't get to go. <laughs> and and also, you know, it's it's still fitting the the sort of tuxedo bolo tie aesthetic of the rest of X Force. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Emma's like, so <laughs> listen, yeah, <laughs> this whole shit with Ter- with Terra Verde, and Sage's like, oh, but uh, duh. she calls oh, it explicitly uh, your colonial rule of Terra Verde, and, spit, <laughs> and yeah, Sage spits up her champagne. Oh man, yeah, but yeah she's like, yeah, she basically verbally slaps her of just like you guys overstepped <laughs> yeah and if anybody finds out like this has massive ramifications for Krakoa in general this would destroy the entire country yeah and so she's like you need to you need to have them leave now yeah and then Sage is like cool done let's do it yeah yeah and she goes to get the ambassadors to leave but turns out they've been hacked <laughs> How do you ha- whatever? I mean, how do you hack a plant? What <laughs> a story, but like <laughs> that does, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. But sure. I'm here for it. Fine, whatever. Yeah. Do you? And yeah, so the ambassadors have been hacked. The terror, the terror Verde ambassadors have been hacked, and we see one of them. Their Terra Tech just goes bonkers and takes over his body and becomes this like plant monster yeah like an angry swamp thing yeah oh uh, in the bathroom yikes yeah thankfully in the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) and that's it for x-force moving along yeah next is hellions 12 this is going to take a long time we're going to go issue by issue we got it we got to we got to speed up a little bit so hellions what major thing happens other than like cool Gala reveals. Oh, okay. So of the members of the Hellions, right? You have Havoc, Orphan Maker, Wild Child, Psylocke, Nanny, Empath, Grey Crow, and Sinister. But yeah. only Sinister, Psylocke, and Havoc are invited to the Gala. Yeah. And everyone else is like, we want to go. 
<laughs> like orphan makers like i want to go and havoc's like i know it's just that most of the mutants w- there won't have you know murdered so many parents <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah so they're told to hang back and train and great goes yeah. in charge I will say we'll talk about it later, but like I'm impressed that they made Sinister's get up more flashy. <laughs> <laughs> he needs more plumage. That is an accomplishment. Tell you what. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Grey Crow basically downs an entire <laughs> handle of tequila and says, "Fuck this, let's go." Uh-huh, uh-huh. So yeah, so they sneak into the gala, which X-Force, hello, <laughs> this is literally what you're here for. But um, <laughs> this begins a uh, something that happens in a lot of these books where the uh, the creative team of the book shows up in the pages oh. as some of the cameos. So you have Zeb Wells and his wife, who is Heidi Gardner from Saturday Night Live, apparently. Hmm. Also, did you know that Zeb Wells is one of the writers on uh, the She-Hulk show? I did not. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I always look. I always look away when credits roll because <laughs> I don't want to see anything like in the graphics that are spoilers. Yeah. But uh, no, I did. I didn't see the names. That's cool. Yeah. the The artist Steven Segovia is or Stefan Segovia is also in this, and then um, in later issues you have Teeny Howard, Vita Ayala, Rod Rice, Leah Williams, David Baldeon, Paco Medina. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. This, this is why I need, I really want to like somehow bring some sort of skill set that Marvel will actually want to so right. put me in 616. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So, everyone, the, the great thing about the Hellions is they all have histories with mutants. Yes. And so, having them wander around a party with all the mutants. <laughs> they're going to turn heads. <laughs> yeah, they're going to turn heads They're and they're going to cross paths with people. So like Wild Child and Aurora cross paths and, and but, you know, Aurora has since moved on. We, we have our first view of extremely drunk Kurt, a.k.a. Nightcrawler. Yeah. And this will be a recurring thing throughout, but we, our first, he's like, uh, hey, the Hellions, you made it. I actually think <laughs> I need to talk to you about a lot of things. <laughs> Which is interesting. Like, I don't, the decision to get Kurt sloshed yeah. was a weird one for me, but it's fine. Let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> We have we have the classic, which has been growing for a bit, but the classic sinister looking at Exodus and being like, "Are you jealous of how good I look?" <laughs> I, I also like this. I'm sorry. I know we we said we weren't going to do scene by scene, but Hellions demands it. Sinister bragging to Black Panther and Thor, and then Nanny stepping in and being like, uh, "Yeah, you also, you know, uh, murder children." <laughs> Let's not forget. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I I can't wait for the next Hellions volume. This book is so funny. Just because uh well, like I really want to know what's going on with Nanny. Because Nanny and Orphan Maker have been like altered since their last revival from Araco. Yeah. And their deaths on Araco. And it's only been hinted at, and I really want to know. Uh-huh. Like what's changed about them? 
Yeah, no kidding. So ah, yeah, she's so much more sinister now. Okay. <laughs> so you you've got Wild Child and Aurora and they have a romantic history and it was basically a lot of it was like she was very flighty and withholding of information of affection, but it, she's like jumped around between partners a lot in those alpha flight days. And it was pinned a lot on her dissociative identity disorder. And for Kyle in particular, he, his mutation was under various amounts of control. So sometimes he was, you know, his more bestial appearance. And sometimes he was, um, you know, like handsome and dashing, et cetera, et cetera. And so he pins a lot of this sort of like his history with Aurora, this sort of, this incredibly like, attractive and and a big sort of like prize for all of the in all the terrible ways that that's a trope but for all all the guys and then you know kind of correlates that with him previously being attractive and and now he is more bestial and lost control again and and she like gives him the cold shoulder and she's like this isn't a good time so yeah it as as the the cuckoos in in a psi transcription gossip column or gossip page here say like he got destroyed it was complicated between them anyway (laughs) yeah so anyway because well thanks to wild child uh seeing daken with with aurora Mm -hmm. bar fight starts to ensue gray crow's trying to stop them orphan maker hops in because he's drunk (laughs) nanny's drunk and so she starts throwing hands at sinister so Orphan Maker actually isn't drunk because uh, he's underage. They psychically induce the experience of being drunk in him. And they're like, is right. that better? <laughs> <laughs> and then Magic and Magneto step in and they're like, let's let's remove them. Yeah. So that got taken care of. And while they get back to the because so they get we don't know where they get teleported to, but it's off island because the next time we see them, they're going through a gate. And the gate that they get back to, we see uh, I'm just I'm just jumping to like the cliffhanger yeah, yeah. here. We see a like stitched together sinister that is a different sinister than the one yes. that was at the gala. And this is the one it's coming scars. Back. Is this the one coming back from um not Araco, but the or yeah, Iraq. I guess from Morocco, from uh, the other world. Yeah, from House of Swords, from Ex of Swords. Seems like it, but regardless, it is a second sinister. Yeah, which which throws t- off mm-hmm. all of the rules. <laughs> and with cloning being so, you know, against the rule or independent cloning outside of the five resurrection protocols being against the rules, sinister is about to be revealed as you know. All the things now that he's have, been doing. Yeah. yeah. So there, yeah, this is, and this is played off as like the truly evil sinister, whereas the other one's just having a great time yeah. being the sinister that we've seen publicly pretty much this entire time. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Oh man. I'm, I have, I feel like I have the most questions and things that I want to know about yeah. with Hellions. Yeah. compared to like the other titles which are all interesting but like hellions just it really gets me yes excalibur 21 yeah i would say this team's outfits are the most outfitted yeah <laughs> yeah of everyone 
Mm-hmm. I'm sad Shogo didn't get a Hellfire mm-hmm. outfit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just in his little blue onesie. That would have been really cute. Let's see. Shatterstar shows up. Shatterstar has a romantic history with Richter. Yes. From the uh, X Factor days. Yep. Not long and ago. In, the X Force days, it just wasn't on. It just wasn't on panel. It was heavily implied. Mm-hmm. But so because this is Excalibur, this focuses on kind of like Britain's relationship with the mutants and and Krakoa and what they're doing here. Uh, as we mentioned earlier about how Britain showed up with the Magipoin and Russian ambassadors, and that seems foreboding. Mm-hmm. Pete Wisdom shows up with them. Yeah. Richter's not having a good time because of the whole, you know, like he's still bummed from, he doesn't think they should be celebrating with Apocalypse dead, without Apocalypse, yeah. basically. And then when Shatterstar shows up, he just like shrugs him off immediately. He's like, I'm not in the mood for this, yeah. which is very sad. Sorry, Pete Wisdom with, with the UK delegation. Yeah, Pete Wisdom. Well, we just see that Pete Wisdom yeah. shows up. He has a really boring mutant power, I feel like, right? He shoots hot knives out of his fingers. They, so they're projectiles? I think so, yeah. I've only ever seen them floating at the end of his fingertips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen him actually shoot them, but like he's never, every time I've seen him, it's never been in an action role. And so he's uh-huh. always just kind of flexed <laughs> that he has That's these a good powers. Point. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know if yet. Like, oh man, uh, I feel like that's just not a useful. I mean, that's why he works for MI six and he's he flexes like his mind. But like, <laughs> I feel like he'd be a really boring mutant or like X man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah. We we learned that Megan is pregnant again. Megan is pregnant, and we get we get a little bit of the uh, a sort of callback to the love triangle between. Kurt, Megan, and Captain Britain from the original Excalibur, mostly Brian. because he's extremely drunk. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like Elf Nightcrawler picks up on her pregnancy before yes. like anyone else. Totally. Yeah. Brian doesn't seem to realize that that uh that she's pregnant even. Mm-hmm. And we've got a dance between Rachel Prestige and Betsy Captain Britain. Uh-huh. I think there's some queer subtext here, but I'm not totally, can't be totally certain, I suppose. And then, yeah, we, we get sort of some, uh, some background on after the, the gala on the UK delegation and the ambassador from the UK is working alongside Coven Akaba, the, uh, the sort of, you know, anti-mutant mystics in Britain. And they, go through a spell and they murder Pete wisdom to do it. And they break Morgan Le Fay free from her chains as she's being dissected or what's, what's the vivisected in other world by Jamie Braddock. Who's not there. He's at the gala and they summon her home. Yeah. So that got dark. Yeah. So clan of cops. So I would say that this issue exists for two main mm-hmm. story points one being clan Akaba and the uk delegation uh sacrificing pete wisdom yes. to use his mutant blood to get morgan lefay free from her chains and that's not going to bode well and then the other being the next scene 
where Richter is like, you know what? <laughs> uh, y'all want to forget about mutant magic, but I don't. And so he goes and like join, he reaches out to the druids yeah. and he's like, hey, I want to be a druid like full on. And they're like, okay. And then he's like, cool, let's let's isolate the lighthouse from, from the UK because they hate us. Yep. And they're like, okay. <laughs> so he's, so he summons all the Druids and, and together they all basically break off the uh, inlet or whatever the opposite of an inlet is <laughs> that the lighthouse is on and separates it from UK proper. Doesn't move it away, just takes away the land in between yeah. the lighthouse and, and, and the cove. <laughs> but whatever and that that's a thing now so so richter or has this like mental peace kind of from doing that and like just i guess he was kind of just like had like a mental gap a mental stop of just like what am i doing am i pretending and so by him embracing the whole jewish thing he gets to a better men- uh, mind state mental place and shatterstar tries again and they're able to have an actual conversation and sort of say hi finally yeah finally share a beer sit on the new beach that he just made it's nice <laughs> all the while morgan Le Fay is back she goes through the portal at the lighthouse yep and and that's the last page. So like, we'll see what, happens we'll see there. what, we'll see what comes from that. <laughs> I just like that. Uh, the UK is pulling a Brexit in their, uh, <laughs> distancing themselves. On the Kirkcohen deal. On the Kirkcohen deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On point. <laughs> Next up is X-Men 21. Yeah. So conceptually the X-Men title, because we don't have an X-Men team has primarily been about, members of the inner circle and what they're doing around Krakoa and yeah. like moves made for the strengthening or bettering or moving forward of yeah. Krakoa as a nation. And random, random sort of like, you know, yeah, stories about the mutants that will turn up later. We've had, you know, like the, the introduction of Summoner and Arako and the whole game and Rockslide, that whole thing took place in this, the, the whole plot about the, the children of the vault and sink and X 23 and Darwin's, you know, going into That's such a cool story. The, the vault, uh. that whole thing happened in these pages. So it's really just kind of like scattershot, of Jonathan Hickman saying, like, this is a cool story, but pay attention, it'll be important later. Yeah. The whole thing with <laughs> Brew becoming the Brood King. Yeah, so we haven't so had the payoff so of that yet. Oh, ah! no, you just gotta wait. You, he's just gotta Hickman this up. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, so we start this issue with uh, Namor attending the Hellfire yeah. Namor being a mutant and a past member of the X-Men. Yes. But always putting almost always putting Atlantis and his kingdom first. Yes. And the thing I want, I, I love <laughs> Namor as a foil. Yeah. He, like, because he doesn't, he doesn't small talk. No. He just flat out calls <laughs> stuff out. It's so true. And, <laughs> and it's, it, I love it because it, it requires the main characters that we either care about or just happen to be following to justify their actions. Yeah. 
It's yeah. not just that they, they can't they can't just go and do something willy nilly. They have to answer to Namor. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Namor so has to be like, so uh, what's up with that? So in their very first conversation with Charles and Magneto, Namor's he's just still like call, he still calls him Eric, by the way. Yes. Interesting. Uh, Namor's just like, so how goes the empire building? And they're like, well, I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and Namor is like, look, I, I, they, they offer him a seat in the quiet council. They're ruling, they're ruling a body. And he says, uh, you're not offering, you're begging. And you know what? Come back. I, I already control two thirds of the earth. AKA the ocean <laughs> come back to me when you have more to offer. Yeah. He's like, I'm a real King. Eric. Yeah. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> the irony is that they really will have more to offer pretty soon. I know. Right. Me <laughs> seated on a throne of thrones and the people, human mutant and all living beings under the sun, they cry out and cheer with the love and affection for the blind can finally see and see me as I really am, which I assure you is not my being on a council with those who pretend to be my peers. Oh. And then <laughs> and he's like, so, cause yeah, to your point, he's like, I have dominion over 70% of the planet. Yeah. What do you guys have an Island? <laughs> <laughs> so good. When you have more to offer. Let me know. And he walks, he breaks the, their pack or like their like formation he walks between them yeah past them and goes and greets the avengers <laughs> <laughs> so gold so oh, good man you know, this is why i also love doom namor scenes it's just like yes. who has the biggest <sighs> ego i love those conversations i dude I'm so excited for like a, a, probably about a month from now. I'm gonna hit the new Avengers Hickman volume where do or Namor comes to Doom and he's like, "Help me control the Cabal," <laughs> <laughs> and Doom just says, "Doom is no man's second choice," and walks away. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited! <laughs> oh man! But anyway, and then the issue realistically comes to. Uh, the announcement of the new X-Men and what and how mm-hmm. they decide who the new X-Men are is all of the mutants link up psychically. Everyone who wants to be a mutant throws their name out. And then <laughs> every single mutant on the planet, <laughs> yeah. if they opt in, throw casts a vote. And yeah. then whoever gets votes voted for for uh, membership i guess like the top seven <laughs> uh, or top five becomes the x-men the next and, x-men and thor and johnny storm are like this is weird i i don't i don't like this and dr Strange is like no nah, it's fine this is just you know telepathic hive mind and it, it, it's yeah totally normal stuff yeah it's kind of <laughs> it's it's cool i appreciate having someone like dr strange here to yeah. translate <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what we see on paper as opposed to because if you had someone like gene explaining it it'll be from a pace a place of like posturing yeah. Yeah. and pride yes whereas when you have someone from the outside looking in like yeah. a dr strange being like oh wow this is actually really well thought out yeah. like it's not just it's not a flex Yes, this is just totally. the best use of a psychic power you could have. For, <laughs> <laughs> this is what no man should be. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, just like 
Oh, just to have, okay. Maybe I have a new, like wish I had psychic powers things, you know, and just like tele telepathy just to make consensus meetings and activist meetings go easier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, honestly. Oh God. It's, it's so cool. And so you get these like scenes of all the different mutants around the only ones we see are ones around around the the island, but it's really mutants all around the world. Yeah, and they all like through this through, through two pages hold their vote. Yep, and and so during this process, you get like everything from nomination to people arguing their own case to decision making, and they do it. They're all able to access each other's thoughts and desires to that extent that quickly so amazing we so need to, amazing we need i want so much more of this i okay i have i have an idea for an x-men scene that i need to share with you sometime <laughs> but just like there are so many better ways that you can use telepathy yes that don't get used yeah like this like this yeah. And like this on like the psychic concert. Yeah. And so do you want to reveal the team? Yeah. So we have the vote. The votes are in yeah. and you have Rogue, Sunfire, Wolverine, uh, Laura Kinney, yeah. Sink and Polaris, along with Gene and Scott are your newest X-Men. And that is a wild roster. Very wild roster. Yeah. Like. From one from one perspective, each one like checks a box right. of like power set, right? But at the same time, like you just have members that. I, so I, okay, I admit I never would have chosen Sync if I was making my own X Men. I never would have chosen Sunfire either. Yeah, Sunfire has barely ever been an X Man. Like he has a long history with the team, but he he quit. You know, he went on one mission and quit back in the 70s <laughs> and then like you know helped out here and there like a couple times a decade mm -hmm. and yeah so so he's on the team laura x23 okay that's that's an easy choice she's great right yeah i love laura i yeah. love she's getting the spotlight yes sync is yeah has been until extremely recently dead since the 90s he's been dead yeah yeah so he's never really gotten his time to shine but, until. But even before then, time. he was only on Generation X. He was really cool on Generation X. I'm, I'm enjoying his character. His power set is super interesting. Yeah, I mean, his power set is every power set. But yeah. <laughs> and then Lorna, who is absolute powerhouse and you know mm -hmm. long history in publication with the team, but as as we've been exploring in you know, this X factor run, like she has a really difficult history, just finding out exactly who she is and what she yeah. cares about, what she stands for. Like she's, yeah. she's not the most like together person. So. Right. And, and, but and we've like, talked this about can that. be a really positive thing for her. Absolutely. Cause yeah, we, we talked about this in reaction to her saying that exact thing in yeah. X factor. Yeah. Uh, in a previous pod. Yeah, because I, I mean, I felt bad because Polaris Lorna in my head has always just been the couple set 
with havoc right right i've never seen her not with havoc and that's just yeah it's such a a a laziness to to so much writing that you can just like put her in as Mm -hmm. the chick right right but like we've seen magneto and how amazing his powers can be yeah and you have lorna who has the exact same power she's not omega level power but yes she's you know and she's an 80 percent magneto maybe Right. Yeah. Which is still a lot of Magneto. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) But yeah, so it's, it's, I'm excited to see, hopefully she gets a good time in the spotlight here. Yes, totally. And like to bolster your points that you've made, but like when you see people who are traditionally on other teams, like a Gen X or an X Factor or Excalibur or like any of the other X teams, yeah, Like it kind of feels like holding places until they're able to become X-Men. Yeah. yeah. And like, and that's just like, that's why it's that's always, just kind of a natural reaction. But, but it's it not almost, like, it almost never actually happens. Like you very right. rarely see somebody like cannonball was the, like uh-huh. the only new mutant to get the call up to become a member of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really don't see a giant shift in the roster until yeah. like until you get the split between Utopia and Wolverine and the X Men. Yeah, when you have actually two different X Men teams, that's you, right. You have to fill in the roster. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> that's like, yeah, it's it's nice to see like sync natural. Yeah, naturally makes sense. Polaris Ch- naturally. Ch- Chamber makes sense. got the call up in the early two thousands. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Jubilee had already been. Yeah, Husk got the call up during Wolverine and the X Men, kind of. Yep. I'm trying to think of other members of. Uh, oh, M. Oh, has she ever been a? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, in the the all women X Men group. Yeah. That's right. In Brian Woods' run. Other members of the New Mutants who have been full on X Men. No. <laughs> Sunspot's been an Avenger. I mean, Magic. Yeah, Magic. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It might be they just work so well together that no one ever like takes them out of it. Yeah, not a lot of people. Yeah. And then other like original members of X Force that, you know, didn't come up through the mutants like um Siren, Warpath, Proud Star, Domino. Mm-hmm. None of them have been. Let's X-Men. keep going. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I just looked up at the time. I was like, oh geez. So yeah, so then we have some more like sinister secrets that have are fun to talk about. Yeah. Just little the, things that are just like, Hey, this might happen in the future. <laughs> more, uh, some of these I was able to place others. I wasn't, if we weren't going so far along, I, I, I would want to go through these. Yeah. Yeah. So some of these There's are just like, in reference of. Yeah. Yeah. Some they're talking about mystique and like, this isn't coming apocalypse isn't here but you know we'll have to know uh, what is he doing right now you'll have to wait to find out and then like what's going to happen to these empty spots on the quiet council there's more drama coming between betsy and Quanin. keep an eye on mad jim jaspers and the vescora because Mm -hmm. we have another omega level mutant who is just chilling actually two more omega level mutants who are still just chilling on other world (laughs) <laughs> BTW, because there's also Mr. M. And right. then something, something, something Inferno. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh. Terrifying. And then you get another, like, 
roster view of people who are attending the gala. You got George R. R. Martin in the back. Yes. Eminem. <laughs> and yeah, and Eminem. Is that a member of the Wu Tang clan there? I think that's I think that's Method Man right there. Right behind Eminem. With Patton. Oh yeah, and then Patton Oswald right up front. Who's 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 next to him? Uh that's his wife. Oh, okay. I've never seen her. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad they let Patton bring his wife. Yeah, right. <laughs> We've got Kevin Feige in conversation with uh with Cyclops, which is just fantastic. Like, hey, yeah, what's your story? <laughs> <laughs> And and this is really cool because it's it's kind of poking at like okay the X Men are coming to the MCU this is Kevin doing his research but also like it he gets to give a really cool summary of you know Cyclops what are you all about and he's saying mm-hmm. like you know I I met Charles Xavier he uh, told you know taught me so much about the world but you know. I came to believe in his dream, but then as I grow up, I realized that like, you know, this dream is, uh, like I couldn't deify him. I couldn't put him on this pedestal, but still he's just a man. And you know what? Dreams are the things that, that make life, you know, that make it worth living, worth, uh, worth having something to strive for. And so, you know what, what's my story? I'm a dreamer. I'm an X-Man. And this is both a summarization of, of Scott and who he is, but also kind of a, a mission statement for this new X-Men team going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while, so while he's giving that like speech, you see, yep. Quentin Quire going around and like poking people on the shoulder. And I had no idea what was happening here. Yeah. I thought Quentin was about to make something happen. I was so scared. Yeah. Cause, he, <laughs> cause he's been doing security this whole time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he's, like, he's oh, gathering no. up and you'll notice specifically he's gathering up Omega level mutants, storm, gene, Exodus, Jamie Braddock, elixir, Hope, Iceman, uh-huh. and they go through uh-huh. a gate together. Yeah, and, and then it's fireworks time. And then, yeah, and then it's time for the fireworks, the end of the show. And holy crap! So she, uh, so Emma comes up and she's like, "Hey, it's time for the final final act." I encourage you to open your minds to the psychic so you can see the fireworks. This is going to be something that you don't want to miss and don't let, don't miss this because of your closed mindedness. Yeah. People, this, this is, is going, going to be, to be an one event. of those where were, where you, were you at you? when mm-hmm. moments. That's such a cool way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And so the issue ends with them looking up to the sky and seeing the red planet, our red neighbor. Mars, as it is still currently known in our real world. <laughs> and then the issue ends and we go to planet size X-Men number one. Yes. Um, and holy shit. This is holy fucking an shit, issue. <laughs> this is an issue of certainly an issue of comics. Terraforming Mars. Yeah. All at the mutants' hands. So they start with a gigantic amount of iron that they just pluck out of Jupiter, and 
<laughs> ram straight into the center of Mars to give it a a heavy core to allow the gravitic weight to sustain an atmosphere. <laughs> but they, you know, need to get in to get in there. They need to bust it open, and so that's what Exodus and Hope are for. Or sorry, Vulcan and Hope. <laughs> this is all so ridiculous. It's insane. This is the most insane use of mutant powers. Talk about mutant technology. Yeah, I've ever seen. And then Proteus and Hope, Hope you know, basically create life. <laughs> yeah, you need the X factor to kick in. The oven would be at the right temperature, but success is not guaranteed. Luck and time would need to be on your side, but you'll have Proteus and Hope, and that's even better. <laughs> yeah. Can a circuit, a circuit of our most powerful mutants resuscitate a dead world? I think it can only be answered after the attempt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, Iceman throws his martini and says hello to the Hellfire Gala from Mars. And he creates an an ice pole. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Magneto sells. We we have a flashback four days ago. Magneto and Araco selling Iska about the whole plan. Iska, if you remember... Isn't she the one whose mutant power? Yeah, her mutant power is the inability to lose. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, he's like, you know, you've always used your powers for war. What if we do it for something else? Mm-hmm. And and so we're, we're continuing on. This apparently was all Magneto's idea, it looks like. He's been yeah. recruiting people, selling people on, on the, the concept. Magneto, have, of course, has always loved little separatist areas in outer space for mutants. Asteroid M, Avalon, etc. Several asteroids M, I should say. But <laughs> uh, yeah, now he's... You know, selling the Hellfire Company, the Marauders on it, and then um, we we get the flashback to that conversation between Captain America and Cyclops that Cap hinted at. It's like, did you know this was when he said, "Did you know this was coming two days ago?" Well, here's that meeting. Yeah, and Cap is like, "Okay, so here, real talk." <laughs> Yeah. Krakoa's landmass has ballooned by 500% with a second island and satellite heat signatures indicating there are millions more mutants now living yeah. on Krakoa. You got to understand that the world is going to freak out about that. Yeah. And Cyclops is like, yeah, uh, I'm sure it looks bad. <laughs> Cap, uh, leader to leader, Cap is like, I'm not going to ask like how it happened. I just need to know. Do we need to be worried? Is yeah. this like your new normal? And Cyclops is like, honestly, ask me in a couple of days. <laughs> and Cap is like, uh, okay. He's like, are you going to the gala? I am now. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And then you get to the yesterday and Magneto is presenting his idea to the council, to the quiet council. And he's like, is anyone opposed? (laughs) No one is. And they're like, all right. Well, then I'll get started. Unreal. And then we're up on the sword space station, the peak, uh, the morning before the gala. And he's giving a rousing speech. Quentin asks, do we need, do we, do we even need, uh, are we shorthanded? Do we need Franklin Richards? 
And Magneto says, no, we have no more need of pretenders. The boy is no family of ours. So <laughs> more cold about this than Ch- Charles was. Yeah. Exodus also asks if we should bring in Legion. Yes. And Magneto's like, I don't trust David yet. So, <laughs> and I think, I feel like this is what Legion was saying. He knows what Charles is planning and he doesn't want any part of it. Right. In Which, uh, way of X. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating. We also have Quentin Quire saying the phrase, I am absolutely horny for this flex, which <laughs> I, I didn't see the connection between Quentin Quire and our friend Stu before, but. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> You're not wrong to any degree. Oh, my gosh. Oh, dear. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'll be looking for it in the future. And so, yeah, they. <laughs> Magneto's next stop is to ask uh, Jamie Braddock for help and uh, he tries to bargain with him the same way he bargained with Sinister <laughs> during Acts of Swords and <laughs> Magneto's like this cape stays on my shoulders <laughs> fine <laughs> fetch my other cape right <laughs> uh, yeah and then he goes to Rocco to talk to Iska, and she's like, yeah, you've got Laktuka, the Knower, Sobonar of the Depths, and Zelo, first offender of the Broken Land. Feel yeah. free to use them. And Laktuka, <laughs> uh, no, sorry, Sobonar of, the De- Sobonar of the Depths, their power is, uh, creates, a, uh, has, a, uh, their body contains an entire oceanic system, and basically donates blood to seed an ocean. Yeah. And so Jamie and Hope are there to amplify the blood so it actually creates an ocean. <laughs> Unbelievable. As opposed to just a few drops. And it's just insane. And then Storm creates the weather to make it natural. <laughs> oh. <laughs> little little explorer drone gets absolutely washed away. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Poor thing. Yeah, Stor- Storm creates a, a weather system for an entire planet. <laughs> and then they Zero. Create, yeah. Active tectonics and, you know, magma lava system. And, yeah, and, then, they cre- and then they create life. Yeah, Zero yeah. seeds the earth, the, not the earth, but like the, the, the ground yeah. <laughs> with all the nutrients of Araco. And and at this point, they're able to take off their their helmets because the atmosphere can now sustain. It has enough oxygen for them to to stay alive. So crazy, so insane. This it's is just, all in the matter of like minutes. minutes. They're like like they're doing this live. The Hellfire Gala is watching all of this happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! And then like Duca, her gift is to know where everything is, including where and when to land. We're in good hands. Like, because I have so much information. My God. Okay. Just breathe when you're ready, Lactuka. See you on Mars. And so Lactuka transports. So she basically, for anyone who knows random Marvel characters, she's <laughs> kind of like a space level cloak mm. where cloak can suck people in to his cloak using dark force energy and then transports them and takes them somewhere else. Yeah. Lactuka does this on 
a galactic scale. (laughs) (laughs) They only kind of give her one sentence of what she does, but she basically has this, it seems like she has this like cosmic galactic awareness of where things are (laughs) and where, and where to send them. And so she takes all of Oraco and moves it (laughs) to Mars. Because why not? <laughs> and then while they're there, you know, just just as an icing on the cake, uh, and apparently this happens a week. This is all taking place a week after X of Swords, which right? We, which we read for the pod like what months ago? Months and months and months ago. That's fine, dude. I'm not the timeline is six one six. Because I mean, even if we read this in real time. This is still months later because multiple issues have happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. And so they they make a monument for. Oh, well, first of all, they make a diplomatic ring for all diplomacy within uh, for intergalactic, you know, like politics to happen on Mars instead of Earth. Uh, <laughs> and they make a monument to uh, Apocalypse and his wife Genesis for having been lost during the the war. Well, because isn't because Apocalypse st- stayed in Otherworld Araco? Yeah, yeah, he's not dead. You're right? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I can't wait to see them again. God, and then Choir and Marvel Girl are like. Hey, uh, Jamie, (laughs) we need you to make something for us. And so Quentin comes up with this idea. Gene psychically grabs it. (laughs) Elixir and Hope are like, we've done some weird things, but never anything this weird. Let's just go go with the flow on this one. And (laughs) the only way I can describe it is... And they, they back this up with the art and the text here. So I'm not completely off my ass, but Gene impregnates Jamie's brain with an idea sperm. It's <laughs> like, this is an yeah. infectious idea. One that seeds itself deep within your mind and you cannot help to create, uh, but to create. Uh, and because you, you cannot help, but to create, to warp and change reality. It's an idea. I think you'll have to give birth to, and it shows a little spermy wormy just going down the crevice between the hemispheres in Jamie's brain and implanting itself. And he and it just states it ju- <laughs> he, he becomes pregnant he has a big old belly (laughs) right and it's glowing and then and kid omega's just like um is this what you thought would happen (laughs) just like oh no he took me literally (laughs) (laughs) and it shoots out of his stomach And, and it turns out to be kilometers a sword. <laughs> a, yeah, a second peak space station, but it's like a um a massive tree iron plant like iron rod. It's like a space elevator, right? Like it go does it go all the way from the surface to outer space or is it just no. outer space? It's just, okay. It's that's just the perspective. Well, it's a second station for sword orbiting yeah. orbiting Mars, which is they're now renaming Araco. And 
Magneto catches it, puts it into orbit, and uh, <laughs> Jamie says, you know, you lot really know how to show a fellow a good time. Somebody owes me supper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so the first station one, the peak, is in geosynchronous orbit over Krakoa. Yeah. And so this one it will be in geosynchronous orbit over Araka. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, hey, we should probably have like a landing station, right? <laughs> so they do like a little spaceport. And uh, that's, that's the last of Jamie's additions. And there they go, Planet Araco. Big party, and now, fireworks. Planet Araco. And then the they fireworks have that they fireworks. promised are on Mars, not on Earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, so you have two blank white pages that just says four sentences in black text. It just yeah. says, Araco is the first moon world attempt. No landing except at Port Prometheus. Araco is the capital of the solar system. Hold fast for a message from the regent of Seoul. Ridiculous. And then you get a Hickman level little map that, that um, Loves shows maps. where everything is. And then just reactions, really. Yep. Some conversation between Dolores Ramirez from the X desk and also somebody from NASA making comment. Yeah. And asking real questions. Yeah. Like in Dolores's PS, she's like, by the way, the United States recognized Krakoa. Does that mean we're recognizing their claim on Mars? Because if so, are we to actually refer it as planet Araco? <laughs> Suggest State Department advice before the wrong mouthpiece gets on a Sunday morning talk show and blabs us into trouble. <laughs> and yeah, and then you have like the NASA one of just like, listen, we legitimately only had theories that Mars would be able to sustain life. There were things in the way, like a core that was too small to yeah. keep heat going and yada, yada, yada. And within the matter of an evening, the mutants said no. <laughs> <laughs> they did it in hours. Yeah. Yeah. Just really, really impressive. Oh, my God. And then we have little like one page side scenes of people who wanted to join the X-Men and didn't get the vote. Oh yeah. I got those in, in a different order, but yes, yes. Anything you want to go through for, for those? I don't have them up at the moment. No, I mean like it's just name drops at this point, yeah. but like, like strong guy and forge didn't get picked. Uh, what's her name? Tempo didn't get picked. Dazzler didn't get picked. Armor didn't get picked, which makes me kind of sad. <laughs> Marrow didn't get picked. Sunspot and cannonball didn't get picked. And Sean Cassidy didn't get picked. Yeah. Those are the people that we saw talking. X-Corp number two. X-Corp. Yeah. You know, can I, it's so annoying about the word corp, because I know corp is short for corporation. Yeah. But when you have C-O-R-P-S, all of a sudden it becomes core. Mm-hmm. Like the P just, 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 just well, the P and the S just stop. <laughs> it's, it's French. It's still annoying. Okay. <laughs> Remember Blast Corps on Nintendo 64? <laughs> I anyway, do remember Blast Corps. That was a great game. I don't like Jamie Madrex's outfit. Yeah. I get that it's a I guess it's a gala outfit, so fine. I'm not gonna have to see it again. But like right. it's weird. Yeah, this I, was not a good one. I, I, I got too attached to 
his X Factor look, I guess. The the Peter David. Uh, the, sorry, they were both Peter David. The uh the the two thousands X Factor. The second, yeah, the yeah. second Peter David run. Yeah, so good. Yes. So yeah, it, this one it's kind of weird to have the second issue of a series be part of a crossover because I feel like we barely have a, a sense of like what the series is on its own. Uh-huh. But this one is, you know, the first one, it, we kind of got established to this idea that there is an above ground mutant corporation headed by Angel and M. And they, I'm still going to call her M and not Penance. And they are basically kind of the above ground version and of, uh, and like research and development, like normal corporate stuff version of the, the Hellfire Trading Company. And and focusing on things besides the mutant drugs, although they do a lot of that with that too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's still it is in kind of a weird spot where it's like what what is their job versus yeah versus the the Hellfire Trading Company. Like the first three pages of this are kind of just like yeah I know last issue we did some crazy shit but we have the Hellfire to get right get to. <laughs> and the main conflict or like setup for this issue is they are trying to fill out the ranks of their corporate board yeah and so they're going to use the Hellfire Gala as a chance to meet with prospects for their board yep and that's basically what this issue is yep and the the two biggest meetings are with Wingard Yes, mastermind. mastermind, which is pretty cool, and the Fenris twins, who yeah. you Ugh. openly Ugh. do not like, <laughs> loathe. I mean, <laughs> Nazi incest twins. Like, you you can't really. You there's can't no really there's no way that. to like. Yeah, <laughs> that that's a hard that's a hard pill to swallow. They're so, also yeah. They're also intro- uh, introducing a human named Sarah Saint John who mm-hmm. is, you know, well-regarded and blah, 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 genius, wonderkind, et cetera. So she's, she's an interesting character to me going forward. Mm-hmm. They have a quick meeting with Celine. Mm-hmm. And, oh God, dude, Celine. Anyway, yeah, so it's, just, it's, it's, things happen, but, like, it's just really kind of just wheels moving forward. Yeah. It's cool that they brought back Neil Shara, or Shara. Mm-hmm. A, a real uh, neglected mutant from the second Claremont run. I think Mastermind is an interesting play. Yeah. And like, I, I kind of needed this issue for him to convince me that it was a good idea. Totally to bring him agree. On. Yeah. But he, he acquits himself well. Yeah. And so basically for those who don't know, Mastermind is basically like his mutant powers, like mental illusions. Yeah. I think, Mysterio, but instead of tech, it's a mutant power. <laughs> and so he presents himself as PR. Like, let me be your board PR guy because you guys are making yes. weird decisions, yes. like revealing a floating island <laughs> yeah. for your home base. Let me be your man that can help you spin that and make sure that people see what you want them to see. It's literally my mutant power. <laughs> and they're like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. But then dealing with the Fenris twins creates a situation for Wingard to prove himself. Yes. And he does so in- impressively. Yes, absolutely. 
and that that's kind of the the main story of the issue that and the fight with the Fenris twins who are just like ugh. <laughs> there's one other note that i have from this issue uh it gets brought up like jamie is like somebody's like shouldn't you be on a farm last i heard you on a farm with your wife or something like that and i was like yeah where is layla <laughs> yeah that's true well she's like a semi precog i mean that's not her <laughs> it's not her mutant power but like she does know things she knows things she knows things because her older self gave her those things but yes. so when i'm 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 waiting for when she catches up to her memories mhm I th- I thought she did. I kind of I I feel like she did because now she's an adult in the comics. Yeah. So like it's adult to adult, but like right, like because that was the whole the her memories came from her time in the when she got her her yeah tattoo, yeah her time in the days of future past slash bishop era. And, yeah, that's true. That's true. And so she she went through that and came back. And so I think that's yeah, where those memories and, came from. Yeah. I and think so we even now, saw her talking to her younger self. Yes. Yeah. We saw her do that. Yeah. But I don't remember if it was just like a hey, this is a filling of the backstory thing, or if like to explain where her, her no things came from, or if it was in chronological order for adult Layla to go and do that. Right. So it felt like it was at the end of the issue. And so like, it seemed kind of up in the air, but I don't remember like the catalyst of how we got to that. For sure. But yeah, so her mutant power is to basically reanimate <laughs> dead yeah. things but they don't have souls so yeah. very interesting yeah it kind of like yeah i don't know where she is it's a great question hello friends this is future will here we had a really long episode so we're going to cut it into two episodes again i hope you guys are enjoying our little discussion here about the hellfire gala but uh for now we're going to put the outro music for episode one here and then i'll see you guys in the next one okay bye